Well, it is a new year, 2023. Did you ever think you'd, you'd see 2023 at all? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> after 2020 and <laughs> stuff and things going on, wonder if we were going to ever see the next year coming or not. But the new year is always a good opportunity to evaluate your spiritual life. Every time that, that you know, the ball goes down and the new year happens, it's time to evaluate where we're at. Take inventory to reflect on whether you're being careless or committed in your spiritual life. Everyone has the opportunity to think about the direction they are going. The beginning of a new year is an ideal time to, to stop, to look up, and get our bearings and not just formulate some resolutions for the new year, but also to test the value of your resolutions. Haggai, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5 says, Consider your ways. And today is a great opportunity to put that verse into practice. A Christian author, Don Whitney, came up with 10 questions to ask prayerfully in the presence of God. And I'd like to share them with you because I think they'll be great questions for us. And maybe you can grab onto one of those questions and, and uh, grapple with it in the next few days. Question 1. What's one thing you could do this year to increase your enjoyment of God? What's one thing you could do this year to increase your enjoyment of God? Question two, what's the most humanly impossible thing you will ask God to do this year? What's the most humanly impossible thing you will ask God to do this year? Question three. What's the single most important thing you could do to improve the quality of your family life this year? Focusing on that. Question four. In which spiritual discipline do you most want to make progress this year, and what will you do about it? Mike just offered the opportunity to join in on the class for Sunday. And you can do that to be able to make progress in your spiritual disciplines. Question five, what is the single biggest time waster in your life, and what will you do about it this year? So you can go back and evaluate, what was it that wasted my time most, most of the time, and what, what should I have done about it, what will I do about it this year? Question six, what is the most helpful new way you could strengthen your church? How are you able to strengthen our church body? What is it that you could do the most helpful new way? Question seven, for whose salvation will you pray most fervently this year? Who's on your heart? Who comes to mind? Question eight, what's the most important way you will, by God's grace, try to make this year different from last year? What will you do? What's the most important way you will do this? Question nine. What one thing could you do to improve your prayer life this year? Now, we do offer the Thursday prayer time, so you can come join us during that time. Uh, you can also take this bulletin and be praying uh, regularly in that way. But also, too, not just requests, but just coming together with God and spending time with Him. What one thing could you do to improve your prayer life this year? And then question 10, 
what single thing that you plan to do this year will matter most in 10 years? What will you do? What single thing will you do this year that will matter most in 10 years? And also, how about eternity? So, 10 great, great questions. And uh, if, if you want to see those again, uh, Stephanie, maybe we can provide that for people. Uh, if they want to text you, those who are online and want to put it in the chat or something like that, I'd like those 10 questions. We can share those with you. And um, um, you can also ask Stephanie about that, and she can send those to you if you want as well, too. So give her a note, send her a text. <laughs> You're going to get bombarded on your phone. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, on Facebook page. Very good. And, and again, giving credit where credit's due. It's not my questions on here. But yes, yeah. Great questions, though, that Don Whitney, a Christian author, wrote. He wrote a book about this. And uh, uh, all these different questions, though, that can be uh, asked of. And then how do you answer them? What do you, how do you go about doing this? Great questions. Great to evaluate our lives, to make plans and goals. Making resolutions is not the real problem. After all, Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. It is testing those resolutions against the yardstick of the Bible that is often neglected. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he had made a resolution to head towards the cross. He had been baptized, and God was well pleased with him. But in the very next chapter of our scripture we're going to be looking at today, he is tested and tempted in the wilderness. Your spiritual resolutions this year will be tested. They will be in some way, some form. They always are when you determine to live for God. So how can we test our New Year's resolutions and our commitment to Christ? What can we do? I think the answer is found in Matthew chapter 5. Oh, it's chapter 4, excuse me. <laughs> Jesus is led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Now, why would Jesus go into the wilderness to be tempted, you might ask? Not only that, but did you notice that it's the, the Spirit who leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the, by the devil? That seems a little interesting. You'd think the Holy Spirit would want him to be led away from anything, anything at all to do with temptation and the devil. But no, Jesus is led to confront Satan head on. How strange that God would do this. And again, you'd maybe have a, a why question about this too. And if that can happen to Jesus, what about me? <laughs> what about you? Am I going to be led into temptation like Jesus was? Is God going to put me in harm's way deliberately? It, it really doesn't make any sense. The Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. <laughs> Why then is Jesus led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan? It, it, it doesn't seem to add up. How are we to understand this? And we want to start this new year well. Does that mean God will put us on the firing line all the time, over and over again? Now, those, those questions are important if we're going to start the new year well. But let's be clear, it's always good to ask God to keep, keep us from evil. Nevertheless, God does choose to place us in positions that will test our faith. Not so that we will fail the test, but so that we will, will win over temptation and be stronger in our faith. That shouldn't stop me from asking to be kept from evil, though. The good thing about it is 
that I know when God allows me to be tested, it will never be beyond what I am able to endure. Scripture reminds us of that. So let's, let's get a handle on this, this, this passage here. First, let's look at the word tempt in Matthew 4. The word tempt, when we use that word, it always has a bad meaning. It means to entice someone to do the wrong thing or to, to persuade someone to sin, and that's exactly what the devil has in mind. He wants to persuade you to sin. He wants to entice you to do wrong. He wants to trip you up. If he prowls around like a lion waiting to devour you, you better believe he's trying to do something to allow you to, 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 to entice you and to persuade you into sin. But in the Greek language, to tempt actually has a good meaning. It means to test someone, not so that they'll fail, but so that they will succeed. So, from God's point of view, that's why Jesus was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted. In Genesis chapter 22, God tempted Abraham. God didn't tempt him to sin. He tempted him in the sense of testing him. Temptation is always an opportunity to do the right thing. When we have temptation come our way, we have a choice. <laughs> we can fall into temptation and sin, or we can do the right thing and avoid it and follow what God has for us. That's what happens to Jesus in Matthew 4. He does the right thing. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, it says, For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. We have someone who knows what's going on. He's been there. And the New Living Translation uses test for the word tempt. So you can expect your New Year's resolutions to be tested. If they are not tested, maybe they're not worth much. <laughs> but you ask, how do Jesus' temptations relate to me? Because if you read through them, you're thinking, <laughs> that's uh, interesting. And just because he got through his test doesn't automatically mean we will. By the way, again, what about those temptations? They don't seem such a big deal. The devil attacks with a three-pronged fork. But when, he, when, when we first read them, we think that uh, they, they weren't all that tempting. Turn stones into bread. Okay. <laughs> Throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't do something like that. Worship Satan. Well, no, no, not intentionally. <laughs> not intentionally. As if Jesus is going to say, sure, I'll throw myself off the temple and worship Satan. Why not? It doesn't seem like these would tempt us if we were Jesus. I can think of better temptations. I mean, what, what about some kind of sexual temptation? It's all around us. Jesus has, uh, was 30, wasn't married. What better way to get at him than by tempting him with illicit sex? Or how about a get-rich scheme? Something quick to get him rich, say, by finding coins in every fish you catch, right? <laughs> Jesus did this for tax purposes, right? Why not for a major income source? Who wouldn't want to go fishing with Jesus and earn a fortune on the side? Make huge catches of fish on the other side of the boat and then get a coin in each one. Then sell the fish, make a huge profit. But these temptations that Satan challenges Jesus with were the ones that Jesus found the most difficult 
of all. They may not seem much to us, but to Jesus, they were huge. And the question we're left with is, why? Why? Why were they huge? And the answer is that these temptations capture the kinds of temptations we all experience. The three tests God allowed Jesus to experience are the same tests He will take you through as you seek to put your New Year's resolutions into practice. So let's take a look at these tests. The first test we find here is the provision test. Basically the question, who am I trusting in? Now, if we continually focus on ourselves, we might begin to look like this guy, as you see, with ingrown eyeballs into ourselves. The question is, will you use your gifts and abilities for your own selfish purposes, or will you use them for God and others? You can take that picture off, by the way, if you want. <laughs> it's a little distracting. <laughs> will you trust in your own self-sufficiency to provide for your needs this year? Or will you trust in God to provide for you? The moment Satan gets your eyes looking inward, then you will never be fit for service. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33 tells us, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Satan wanted Jesus to turn stones into bread. In Matthew chapter uh, 4, verse 3, it says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, the Greek word there for, for if has the idea of if and it is true. <laughs> so he was kind of confessing in the same way. If and it is true. A better translation would probably be, Since you are the Son of God. Satan knew who Jesus was. God the Father had just said, this is my beloved son, back in chapter 3, verse 17. He also knows Jesus is hungry. He hasn't eaten for 40 days, and it wasn't sinful to be hungry, and he could have turned these stones to bread really easily. So the first thing Satan tries to do with Jesus is to get him looking at his own needs rather than looking at what God wants. He says, in effect, use your miraculous powers to serve your own purposes and forget about using them to serve God. He says to us, use your strengths to serve yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. Just serve your own desires. You'll like that much better. The first temptation is directed at our physical desires. And remember, Jesus fed 5,000 people with bread and fish. That's using his gifts for God. God is asking us this morning, will you use your gifts, your abilities, your motivations, your personality, and your experiences to achieve your own selfish purposes? Or will you use them in submission to God and his purposes for your life? This year, will you seek first his kingdom, his kingdom purposes, or your own. Jesus made a, a clear choice. Hear what he says in, in verse 4. Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Right answer. <laughs> Jesus used the Word of God to focus on what God wanted for him, rather than meeting his immediate physical desires. What about you this year? You prepared for that kind of answer to that kind of temptation? This year, your New Year's resolutions will mean nothing unless you are reading God's Word and applying it to your life to get His perspective on things and giving you control over your physical desires and selfish desires. It will be a tremendous addition to this year if you study God's Word more than you did the year before, reading it more regularly, getting into God's Word on that regular basis. So getting God's perspective from His Word will be one of the most unselfish things you will do. The provision test. Am I being selfish or am I submitting to God? Then came the next test, the presumption test. <laughs> am I testing God or taking a step of faith? You see, Satan tries to get Jesus <laughs> to basically bungee jump from the pinnacle of the temple without a rope. <laughs> And 45 stories above the base of the Kidron Valley, that's pretty far down. He says in Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 6, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. If Satan can't tempt you with the desires of the body, he's going to tempt you with the desires of your soul. It wouldn't tempt me to jump off a temple. I wouldn't even wind up there in the first place. But Jesus knew that he would be protected. What harm would it have done? Nevertheless, Jesus sees right through this. And Jesus simply says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 7, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So in other words, don't live on the edge of presumption with God what some of us pastors like to call the cutting edge of ministry, could be more appropriately called the crumbling edge of presumption with God. Got to be careful. And don't get me wrong, we are called to take the risk of faith, but not the risk of presumption. There's a difference there. The difference is the risk of faith is daring to act on God's word in God's way. The risk of presumption is often no more than trying to impress someone by the spectacular use of my gifts. And God tests us, not the other way around. We don't test God. So ask yourself, am I testing God or taking a step of faith? And finally, the third test is the power test. Am I compromising or am I committed. Satan is persistent, if nothing else. If you have not noticed that, he continues on. He, he comes at you another way. If that avenue doesn't work, then he finds another avenue to get to you. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. So Satan appeals to Jesus by offering him a shortcut to power. I'll give it all to you, he says, and you won't even have to go to the cross. Just worship me. 
So this temptation is directed to the desires of the Spirit. And Satan says, I'll give you power without the pain and a crown without the cross. You can skip all that stuff. Just allow me to take care of that. Just compromise and you'll get what you want. But the authority of rule doesn't come with a crown of power from the enemy. It comes with a cross of suffering and humility. That's why Jesus told us to pick up our cross as well and to follow Him. There's going to be moments of difficulty that will make us better, stronger. Jesus once again chooses the right thing in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. So Satan will always get you to compromise for short-term power, short-term success, as well as applause. We want those accolades. We want those people to acknowledge and notice what we've done at times in some way, some form, because we put a lot of work in some things. So ask yourself uh, this year, though, am I compromising my faith for short-term power? Or am I committed to God for His eternal purposes? You're waiting for the applause of people or the applause of heaven. And we need to decide upon that. Three tests that we see here that Jesus went through that we will also go through, and you better believe it will happen this year. Sometime, some way, somehow, 2023 will hold these tests in some way for you and your, your resolutions, your goals that you have made for spiritual growth. And here's how to test your New Year's resolutions. The provision test. Who am I trusting in? Am I being led by the Spirit? There's the presumption test. Am I testing God or taking a step of faith? Will my faith in God be strengthened? Am I hearing from God as I read His Word? Be listening. Be anticipating how God will direct you in that. Then the, the power test, of course. Am I compromising or am I committed? Will I refuse to be intimidated and disheartened? Will, will it involve me having to compromise? Some questions to ask yourself as you journey into this new year of 2023. And again, expect these tests to come. They will. And expect to grow from them. That's what God wants you to do. Grow in your faith. And when you grow in your faith... Each one of us grows in our faith. Our uh, body of Christ will grow even closer to God. And, and as we move forward together, we have great things to anticipate for this year. We all need to do our part. We all need to find ways in drawing closer to God. And I trust that if the, when these tests come your way, that it will turn you to God even closer than before. Gonna have the worship team come on up. Oh, Annalie is gone. <laughs> and we're going to share the last uh, few songs here, and I would text her, or you can yell for her. <laughs> or he's gonna go get her, I guess. Anyway, that's what I have for you today, and let you out a little early today, I guess, as well too. But uh, just be reminded that as you go through these tests, God does not leave you; He doesn't forsake you. He will go through this year with you, preparing the way, every step of the way. We just need to stay in step with Him as we follow Him. And again, anticipating these tests to come 
in how you're going to uh, journey through these different tests. So this next song we're going to sing is The Altar. And it's a song that I trust that will help us focus in on what God has for us. What we can do in coming before Him and giving to Him maybe our desires for this year. Maybe, uh, maybe again, those unknown things we don't know of. We know 2023 is going to hold something. And it could be devastating. It could be uh, incredibly wonderful, exceedingly wonderful. But we need to be prepared and we just give that over to God. Maybe that the altar will uh, point us to, to Jesus in that way that we need to trust in Jesus more, allowing Him to take care of those unknown things. Whatever it might be, I trust that as uh, we sing the song, uh, they lead us in the song that you will be drawn to God. And if you need to take some time to pray, those who are online, make a little altar there for yourself as well too and spend some time with God, what He has for you as we sing this, this next song together. <laughs>